Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. There's no cow on the ice, and my name is Isaiah. My name is Riley. So, we were talking before the episode started, and since it's been so long since we've done Topic Thunder, I can't remember which country or direction of saying I was doing, so I just went to Sweden, so we're doing Swedish sayings now for me. Um, There's no cow on the ice means don't worry or take it easy. Okay. (laughs) I guess it comes about because if you're in Sweden and all the lakes are frozen and you have cows, you don't want them on the lake where they could fall through the ice and into the water. So if there's not a cow on the ice, you don't have a reason to be Your cows are all safe. Okay. I feel like if we're going to venture into non-English speaking countries, though, we need to do it in their original language. Mm, Okay. That are ingen go bison. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of PewDiePie recently uh-huh. just because I don't know, I've fallen into a YouTube rabbit hole of PewDiePie uh-huh. videos. And uh, I feel like you did not do it justice. No. I also didn't swear enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, You're right. Man. Well, anyway, it's Topic Thunder. Topic Thunder. And today we have topics for you. Mm-hmm. I'm also eating Reese's Pieces. Yeah, so uh, if you don't like the ASMR of crunching and chewing and mouth noises, he's also drinking an entire glass of milk. So Nice big glass. So it's been so long. Another thing, it's been so long that we've done this. I just forgot that there's like a mic in front of my face, and so I'm just like shoving handfuls of Reese's Pieces into my mouth. Hey, you know my what? My apologies. If you don't like it, don't listen. Mm-hmm. Click away now. Yeah. I will, however, probably not be eating Reese's Pieces while we're recording. Um just because I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'll probably just stick like one under my tongue and let it melt, and then I'll get it. <laughs> get right into that. your bloodstream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Like a drug That's addict. That's hardcore. <laughs> I will, however, be drinking my weird tea. Mm-hmm. Tastes like cherries. Tastes like cherries. Okay. First topic. There's this dude who wants to build a 400 billion dollar new city from scratch in the American desert. Now, uh, I talked about this a little bit when we hung out uh, over, I don't know, a week or two ago, Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to get into it because it's very interesting. So this guy is apparently a world-famous architect. I don't know what he did. It doesn't say, but his name is Mark Lohr, and he's a billionaire. He's made billions of dollars architizing stuff. (laughs) And so his idea is to bring the cleanliness of Tokyo, the diversity of New York, and the social services of Stockholm all together in one city, the new city of America, um, that could house five billion, whoa, five million people, not five billion, (laughs) that's a lot, five million people in one city. And now he just needs a place to build it and $400 billion in funding. Mm. No problem, right? Those are, that's the simple stuff. The idea is the difficult part, like we've established on this podcast. So I don't know if you've read through this article, but it's actually pretty detailed. Like uh, this is not some weird far-flung hypothesis. It's actually somewhat established. And mm. this architect is not messing around. He actually wants to do this. So they've done some location scouting, but they do want to build it in America. Uh, I guess because they want to bring... Oh, they they said this somewhere down here. But they basically want to bring the kind of uh, American... Oh, here here's the quote. Uh, they want to embody the social and environmental care of Scandinavian culture and the freedom and opportunity of American culture. Interesting. So I wonder if this architect is Scandinavian or if they just think that like Scandinavia is so cool. Good thing that you did a Swedish wow. saying at the it beginning. Of, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Great. Um, anyway, they're going to build it in America if this ever gets built. We'll talk about that later. Um, but they're looking at Nevada, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, Texas, and the Appalachian region, which is mm. interesting because mm-hmm. that's not deserty. No. Um, but the I, I wanna, I'll talk about several ideas to, that they want to incorporate into this city. One is to basically make it what they're calling a 15-minute city design, which Hmm. would mean that every resident would be able to access workplaces, schools, amenities, all within 15 minutes from their homes. 
Um, because they're building it in the middle of the desert, they also want to make it uh, sustainable, energy producing, and drought resistant, a, a drought resistant water system, which is probably why they're building it in the middle of the uh, desert. For the power. For the uh, solar power. Other, other, otherwise, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the desert yeah, is a bad place. May, maybe not the most like ideal place that people just want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I guess this architect is imagining residential buildings with a lot of greenery and a lot of open space. I, w- I want to see a detailed schematic of this because yeah. it's difficult to picture a lot of open space, but also being able to get everywhere within 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't mean like get everywhere, but having access to all of those things. I see. Like you've got food and a place to work and all the things you need. But the whole city, you can't probably get across in 15 minutes. There's probably just like sections that have everything you need in it. Yeah. Um, they are, they want it to be defined by a couple of skyscrapers dubbed the equitism, equitism tower <laughs> which would be a beacon for the city uh i'm not i don't i'm not trying to hate on e- e- equality here but that's a dumb name, <laughs> for, a a dumb name for a tower <laughs> look at our city it's so equal <laughs> it's so equal that we named our buildings after it <laughs> because eventually it's going to be like the staples tower or yeah. like the jc penny tower or something right or the- mark lower tower <laughs> yeah because really this billionaire is gonna like own this city it sounds like <laughs> basically i mean they don't really talk about where he's looking to get funding from a lot um but he he's a billionaire and if he probably knows some other billionaires and 400 billion dollars is a lot of money but the they're not trying to build the entire thing at one time the first phase of construction would be for just 50,000 residents and would be 1,500 acres and would cost an estimated $25 billion, which, of course, that's still a lot of money. But if you get together, I don't know, 100 really rich uh, investors, that could probably get done. Although I don't know why an investor would be interested in this project because what do they get out of it? They can slumlord it over all the people who live there. <laughs> yeah. Rent is going to be like $1,100 <laughs> a square foot in this in this city. I'm trying to look at Mark Lore because he's a pretty rich dude. So he is he made most of his money from being CEO of Walmart. Um, and he's an architect? Uh, or did I misunderstand that? I don't know. I see, let's see, so he's an American entrepreneur, businessman, investor, NBA owner. From 2016 to 2021, he was the president and CEO of Walmart US e-commerce. So their website, I guess. Um, oh, I, I, I've misread this. He himself is not an architect. He's appointed a world-famous architect, gotcha. un, unnamed. So oh, he, you're, you're right. Yeah. He he's also just the founded, money bags. Yeah, he founded Jet.com, and that got acquired by Walmart. He was also, Convenient. Yeah, he was also the CEO of. Wait, wait, wait! Quincy? I want to talk about that some more. He founded a company mm-hmm. on his own, mm-hmm. and then the comp- the other company that he runs is like, "Hey, let's buy this." No, he. That's how he became the CEO because his company was folded into Walmart. So he started a company. Walmart acquired it and hired him as the CEO of their online division. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that's like the sketchiest thing I've ever heard of. I started this company, Walmart, buy it for a billion dollars. I'm Walmart. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that, would be... I'm glad that the American business system has at least a little more scruples than that. Yeah, not, not many, but a, a little more. Oh, boy. Apparently, he's dubbed the LeBron James of e-commerce. I don't know what that that's, means. Uh, that's, that's even worse than Equity Tower. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess he quit Walmart to do this city. This is like the reason that he stepped, stepped down as CEO. So huh. I'm trying to see what his net worth is to see if he could like single-handedly bankroll this. <laughs> Invest every cent he's ever made yeah. into, what are they going to call it? I, they had some name. The city of America? No, it's... 
it's uh, t- Telosa. Telosa? They want to call it Telosa. <laughs> Sounds like dyslexic Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it, hold on. Um, taking its name from the ancient Greek word telos, a term used by the philosopher Aristotle to describe an inherent or higher purpose. The city would allow residents to participate in the decision-making and budgeting process. A community endowment will meanwhile offer residents shared ownership of the land. So why would investors ever become, why would it, what, what, what does an investor gain from sinking $6 billion into this or whatever? Because community members have shared ownership of the land and participate in decision-making, theoretically. Of course, this is all theoretical. Maybe it costs a lot to become a community member. Maybe, but if they want to... Inc- if, if they're actually wanting a city with true diversity, they can't say, but you need $400,000 to become a community member because you can't have diversity in like income level right. uh, or like socioeconomic status if that... If like income is right. a barrier to yeah. entry of the end city, up all the same people, right? Hmm. Also, they're wanting to have a target of five million people within forty years, and like that's a lot. What what business or like what industries are going to move to this city to create five million jobs? Yeah, because like even, you can't just create a city out of nothing yeah, for no reason. Even New York, which has been like a major major city since this country like began pretty much only has eight and a half million people really yeah i would guess more la only has four million chicago only has 2.7 million wow so, so five million is a lot it's gonna be one of the biggest cities in the country and based on what like if you build it in the middle of the desert <laughs> no, in no, no idaho live in the middle of the desert <laughs> <laughs> what why would millions of people move there I don't know. Like people, people have lived in New York for a lot of different reasons, but partly because like it was on two rivers and mm-hmm. it's been good for shipping. Same thing with LA mm-hmm. and Chicago is also on the river. Like there have, there are reasons that those cities exist and most big cities they've existed near a waterway for hundreds of years because like shipping and production and like industry exists naturally, like people naturally create cities where people need to be near resources like water and fertile land. Right. So you can't just plop a bunch of money and a bunch of nice houses in the middle of nowhere and say, all right, go and live here unless you subsidize that land and say, but rent, rent here is cheaper than anywhere else. People would move there for cheap rent yeah, or job opportunities, right. but you can't just create. There those. has to be the value for sure, right? I'm curious because it's to me like big cities don't get create. Like I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but like I don't just hear about like new big cities springing up. You know, no, like all the big cities that we have, I feel like we have. Um, I mean, if you wanted to talk about recent big cities, you could maybe talk about like. Austin, Texas, or I don't know, maybe something in Florida or like Atlanta, maybe, although Atlanta has been big for a long time, uh, or Denver probably has, you could call like more recently large I'm trying to see. or like Salt Lake yeah. City. So uh, Austin was incorporated in 1839. I mean, like, when did they become, quote-unquote, big? But, like, hypothetically, I'm, like, timelining it. Like, if this dude wants to become big, how long is it going to take? Denver Incorporated, 1861. So all of these have been around for, like, you know, almost 200 years at this point. And they're not even that big. Like, when was New York City? New York City. Probably before the found... Probably before... 1776. 1814. Was when New York was incorporated? Mm -hmm. As a village first and then as a city in 1834. So. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Maybe people like live there 
but they didn't like officially call it like a town for a while. Huh. I don't know. Or maybe they just like didn't have like incorporation until that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they invented yeah, incorporation. incorporation. But nevertheless, this is going to be like, this dude's got to have some other people to kind of carry his vision in the future because it's obviously going to be like, he'll be dead before this comes to pass. Yeah. I mean, this is a immense project and they're talking about other things that have kind of happened like this. And the closest things that they have given in this article are like installing a ski slope on top of a power plant in Copenhagen. (laughs) And apparently Toyota revealed that it had commissioned this company to create a master plan for a new 2000 person city in the foothills of Mount Fuji, which is of course significantly smaller than that. It promises autonomous vehicle testing yeah so like basically building a new city for autonomous vehicles smart technology and robot assisted living um but that hasn't happened yet either like they haven't successfully built a 2000 person city to basically test a new type of living so this just seems like an enormous step and maybe that's the right way is to just say uh, rather than creating like some small test version of this mm-hmm. kind of community is to just not Go test it out. at all yeah. and actually do it. But this article is claiming that this city would have its first residence by 2030. And 2030 is not that far away. No, it's like, like kind of eight years at this point. <laughs> yeah, basically. The <laughs> idea of like even like creating the basis of a city, like creating power lines and water mains and built like at least some residential stuff in the next eight years. Nevertheless, that all of these are going to be like revolutionary technologies. Yeah. In the next eight years seems kind of outlandish. And it's interesting too, because most cities are built because people live there and they improve on them. And it's not like they build it first and then have people move there. Mm-hmm. Like people don't just like put down roads and sewer systems and power lines. Then people move in. Like you'd start off most cities. You start off with like a little like outpost and then that turns into a little town and that grows from there. And it's not like you're just going to like build this city and then like we're open, like move <laughs> right. in, like, you like block off the road until everything is yeah, perfect. And right. there's like, an unopened perfect Starbucks yeah. and like right. a bunch of Taco Bells that just right. need employees. Yeah. <laughs> and you like cut the rope and right. everyone floods yeah. in and like, yay, a perfect brand new shiny right. city. So, I mean, hypothetically, if their only like technicality for having residents by 2030 is like some people in like tents or shacks on that spot in the desert, <laughs> then I guess that could be possible. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about that game, uh, City Skylines, mm-hmm. where you can dis- like build a city. Uh-huh. And technically in that game, if you built a perfect city but didn't connect a road, <laughs> no one would ever move there. Right. So you basically just need to build the perfect city, mm-hmm. not connect a yeah. single road, and then just go and build the road, and then everyone goes <laughs> flooding in, <laughs> and then you just wait and watch the city be perfect and never mm. have to do anything ever again, and you've solved all of humanity's problems. Interesting. Well done, Mark Lore. Congratulations. Billionaires will solve the world. If only. They're- I'm trying to look so... Just looking at net worth or whatever to see who could single-handedly bankroll this by themselves. Because, well, the first part of the city was, what, $25 billion or, Yeah, phase one. Yeah, $25 billion. So it looks like the top 65 richest people in the world could single-handedly start phase one. But no one's rich enough to do the whole thing. Even Jeff Bezos is only $177 billion out of the 400 <laughs> Weak. Yeah. Stuff of your game, Jeffy. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need, we need our trillionaires to step in. Yeah, and where are you at? Start making money. <laughs> if Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Bill Gates put their money together, they could do it. Well, I don't think that that's going to happen. But if you, listener, want to become a trillionaire, a way that you could start doing that is by investing in the stock market. Mm. And I am curious, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. about your perspectives on the kind of 
increased accessibility of investing in stock markets via apps, mm -hmm. basically, like Robinhood or Cash App. I've seen a lot of, maybe I'm just the target demographic. Um, <laughs> uh, Megan the Stallion is advertising or like speaking yeah. for Cash App. <laughs> <laughs> and I love those ads. Yeah. Um, but she's talking about basically how you can buy percentages of a stock or right. like you don't even have to buy a single stock mm -hmm. basically and you can just throw a dollar in there and learn how the stock market works yeah and build your own whatever she calls it like cash girl empire or <laughs> i forget exactly the word that she uses um but let's talk about this okay. up until very recently i would say the stock market was for an elite few, people mm -hmm. who maybe went to school and learned about investments and they learned how to read uh, company reports and like find the things that you need to look for to know what to invest in and what, what not to invest in and when to, when to uh, sell and when to buy and, and how to, or someone who had enough money or position or whatever to give their money to someone else to invest mm -hmm. for them uh, and say, here, take my money, go give it to someone else who's smarter. You keep a fee and invest my money for me. Right. But now none of that is required. Mm -hmm. You can just do whatever you want really with any amount of money with essentially no repercussions in the right. stock market. The only repercussions fall on you. Right individually do you think this is entirely good or entirely bad or somewhere in the in the middle i think it's somewhere in the middle um i think this is the second one of these like easily accessible stock trading kind of events we've had there was another big one kind of when online trading became a big thing leading into like the global financial crisis and stuff like that mm -hmm. where it was the same kind of thing. Like it became really easy and really cheap to trade stocks. And so people, instead of just like, you know, investing in like a retirement account or like calling a broker could then just place trades online. And it was maybe like, Oh, you can do it for a dollar trade. And so it became this thing where it became almost more like gamified. And especially during the dot com bubble, like people would just absolutely overinflate these companies because it was like the rumor that was the next big thing or there was like the hype train on it or whatever. And I definitely kind of see a lot of the same trends today of like GameStop, like let's all pile onto GameStop yeah. and, you know, or Dogecoin or like, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I think in general, just the ability to invest cheaper and easier is a good thing. Like it makes your returns better. It makes it so you don't have to put as much like effort into doing it. And that's all good. But, it also makes it so you don't have to do as much research or like have as much knowledge. And so it's really easy. Like if you wanted to, you could pile like $10,000 into Robinhood immediately and just start like clicking shiny buttons <laughs> without right. having, knowing what you're doing. And it's possible that if you accidentally click the right number of buttons, you could end up owing like six figures of money to Robinhood because you know, it's there's like confetti when you click, Oh, I want Robinhood gold. Like, I don't know what that is, but they're gold confetti, so I'm going to click on it. It's only $5 a month. It's a lot like a mobile app. Yeah, but then at that point, you've or like... Or a game, yeah. mobile app game. It's very gamified, but stuff like that is like, you could have just signed up for like $50,000 line of credit in margin, and you don't know what that means, but you saw some confetti, and all you had to do was click some buttons, you know? So yeah. I think it's it's designed in a way that makes it possible to detach from what it actually is. And... I'm not saying I think they should change it. Like I think the interface is great and I love the interface, but I'm just saying the way it is designed currently makes it easy for people who don't have knowledge to kind of make mistakes or like get themselves into bad positions. So yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. I think like the ability to invest so easily and to have so much opportunity in this field is great. Like it's been great for me and I don't know if there's, like we, our generation is definitely unique in that we, a lot of us are getting into like stock investing really early and really young. 
and like kind of trying to prepare for futures because I don't think there's anyone our age who expects social security to like exist when we're retired. No. And so a lot of like people who are forward thinking that are our age are like kind of starting to plan for this already and like prepare. And I think that's kind of unique compared to past generations. And so I think having the technology to support us in doing that is good, but it can harm some people who aren't at that level of like understanding, I guess. Yeah. I agree that it is a bit of a double-edged sword because I definitely think that giving more people the power, the autonomy to make their own financial decisions and say this incredible tool, really, the stock market is not just for the elite or Mm. the rich or the privileged uh, is good. Ultimately, that is good. Right. But there is a reason that it has been kind of sectioned off in the past is because it does require some knowledge. Mm-hmm. It It isn't just a, a mobile game. And I like took several classes about reading stocks and like going on to whatever website and finding the like reading the balance reports of mm-hmm. some company and like like 10 K's. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I forget almost all of it, mm-hmm. but theoretically I should know and do know more than the average person Mm -hmm. who like didn't take that class in college. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still feel like I would not try to make a lot of money from just like investing in stocks on some app. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But that is possible Mm -hmm. now for anyone, really Mm -hmm. anyone with a smartphone. And I'm a little, you're, I mean, you're right. It is so kind of, it's similar to buying jewels or whatever on Clash of Clans or, right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, well, this is what I need to progress to the next level. Or this one thing that I picked happened to do well, so clearly I know what I'm doing. Right. So let's do it tenfold and make 10 times as much money. Mm -hmm. But the unpredictability and the kind of factor of loss Mm -hmm. is scary. Like we talked in the last episode about how Facebook went down for six hours and uh, Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion. Yeah or whatever, something. I don't know if I believe that, but you know, that scale is partly probably because of his shares of Facebook that lost value because of people like, oh, Facebook sucks. Right. (laughs) During that six hours of downtime. And that is, that was out of his control and everyone else who holds Facebook stock also lost value that day. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, just like the, the the randomness of the world yeah. is you can you can know everything that you could ever know about the stock market most people don't but at the end of the day it is all just random yeah there's a point where <clears throat> i think if you have all of the knowledge or at least a lot of knowledge over like just a normal person you can consistently make money not to worry about that but The issue is there's kind of a disconnect nowadays of like the stock market as being this kind of, uh, it's like this magical place where you put your money and you get more money out of it. Right. But it's just like, no one's thinking about the details of that. They're just thinking about the stock market and you put money in, you get money out. Where in reality, like if you're thinking about it wisely and you have information, you realize that you're like giving your money to a company and then that company's responsibility is to use your money to make more money and return it to you. And so if you think about it less of like the stock market and which stock should I pick and like when should I buy and when should I sell and more of the lines of like which companies are good companies who have good future potential and can give me return on my investment, then that's when you're becoming like one of the elite investors who used to be the only ones in the stock market. And sure, there are people who make money like day trading and doing all that crazy stuff. But that's not most people. Like most people in the stock market don't make money that way. Um, And so I think the the challenge for us now is to detach that like gamification and that like challenge of 
picking stocks and like guessing and timing and all of that stuff and just going into like the the businessy analytical like trying to figure out if it's a good business and if they have a good strategy and if they're reaching their customers and that's not fun like <laughs> no that's why no one does it you know <laughs> no but you make a good point the question probably should be like is not is Amazon a good stock to pick right. because of what it did the last three days right but is Amazon a good stock because of I don't know what what the world of shipping time is doing right yeah. now or is there some sort of uh, deal that's going on yeah uh, like when is Amazon Prime Day right this year it's coming up right uh, I think it's in July usually but oh, I would I, say even... I thought it was what what's the day that they don't they do like an additional it's like Black Friday? They do Black Friday, but then there's like an additional Cyber Monday, maybe. Man, yeah, maybe. there's a lot of sales, but I think even going past that, because even stuff like that is thinking that someone who's like a new retail investor thinks about like, oh, Amazon's having a big sale day, I'm gonna buy this stock, so it's probably gonna go up. But usually that kind of stuff is priced in, and it's more of thinking long term, like, hey. For the next 10 years, do I think that Amazon has a competitive advantage over their customers? Do I think they have enough of a foothold in their market to like gain share and not lose it to competitors? Do I feel like they have a team that's going to be innovative and create new value in the company? And so it becomes like if you want to really invest wisely, you're investing for a long time. You know, you're you're looking five or 10 years down the road and you're deciding if that company is going to be worthwhile and going to bring you a return five to ten years down the road because i think even anything inside of a year is just kind of speculation at that point like oh do i think apple's going to make good macbooks this year and that's kind of like uh you might be right you they might be amazing they might have good sales but maybe the earnings estimate priced that in or maybe they overshot their earnings estimate and so you're still going to have those weird things that you can't control even in that time span so i think the only way to like be in the stock market and have it be a kind of more guaranteed, safe, consistent return is either to buy like index funds or to have a really long term time horizon and do a lot of research into an individual company. Which is true because the average the average return on the stock market as a stock market as a whole is eight percent, right? Yeah. So even if you just pick some kind of group of stocks mm -hmm. and say this is what I'm sticking with for the next 30 years. Yeah. You probably get an average of around 8% yeah. depending on the risk that mm -hmm. you were and how involved you were with. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm kind of hey, you have anything more to say? I think my favorite thing is that Robinhood is almost kind of like a multi-level marketing scheme. Because you can invite your friends, and if your friends join, then they give you money. <laughs> so you can become this like shill for Robin Hood and get paid a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, oh, I uh, Robin Hood is not where I do my trading. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> um. All right, totally switching gears here. I was thinking about the movies. You and I like to go to the movies. We Very should much. go to the movies. We should. You and James I. Bond comes out this week. So. Oh, I saw that. Mm. I wonder if he'll die this time. The movie's called No Time to Die, so I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of hoping eventually. I mean... When they switch um, actors, mm -hmm. do they just pretend like it didn't happen? I don't know how that works because I've never, like... I've only ever watched Daniel Craig, James Bonds. I've never seen any of the old ones, so I don't know how that works. I'm curious if they just, like... Pretend like it's still Daniel Craig. They're like, wink, wink, it's still Daniel Craig. Um, Maybe he'll get like dropped into acid or something and have to have like <laughs> reconfiguration surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the movie ends. He just like falls into, falls into acid. acid. It's like, bum, 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 the end. And they announce like the next James Bond by like coming out of surgery and he's like, straightening his tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. gosh. Next James Bond will probably be black. So he, he needs to fall into acid. <laughs> or a woman. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that'd be good, actually. They talked about it because they did that with like Doctor Who, which is like cult uh -huh. classic yeah. for decades. And they like several years ago announced like the next doctor is going to be a female doctor. And how did 
Doctor Who fans feel about that? I don't know. I'm not one. You're, so not, you're not in I that I just saw field. it in the news and I was like, people are probably pissed off about this. Probably. <laughs> huh. I would like that. We'll see. We'll find out. Maybe and we should go see it can this week. And... Morally degrade men or <laughs> right. women. Yeah. What? Probably either that one. Both at one. once. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, I was thinking 2020 was a kind of a bummer year for movies. Yep. I'm curious which movies ended up actually being the best. Uh, so I've got a list of best movies. Here we okay. go. Um, I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't know if I saw any of these. I didn't watch a lot of movies last year. A lot of new ones, at least. Right. So, Borat's subsequent movie film. Did you see this? <laughs> I've never actually seen the original Borat, but I know a lot of quotes from it. <laughs> I I don't know that I've ever seen it either. We should do a double feature. We should. I like Sacha Baron Cohen. So me too. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, I think that'd be okay. It's like not a bad, uh, not a bad way to spend an evening. I do know something about that movie. They like filmed the. I guess there's a scene where they're at like a white supremacy rally, oh, and he's like dressed up as like a white supremacist for some like for the movie. But they actually shot it like it's not a like scene with actors and extras. They actually went to a white supremacy rally and shot it there, like everyone in disguise and like gorilla shot it. And they like had to at the end of the scene they like had to run out of there because they were like being discovered as like a film crew and they were like starting to get like heckled by this mob so they actually shot it at this like white supremacy rally and no one knew it was him and this like actually is an actual like thing that's happening right now like that's amazing (laughs) well amazing in the most horrible specific definition of the word amazing like i am amazed that they did that (laughs) and that that happened Uh and that that still happens Mm -hmm. Wow, now I really <laughs> I should see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, next is Let Them Talk. All, Let Them All Talk. Did you hear? Have mm-hmm. you heard about this? It's got Meryl Streep in it, but that's the only notable thing that I can say about it. And uh, that Steven Soderbergh directed it. Uh, I don't even feel like reading the thing. <laughs> you can look it up if you want. The Vast of Night. Yes? No? Mm-mm. Okay, this low budget debut featured is a UFO f- movie that takes place, whoa, that takes time to arc, achieve liftoff. I can't read. <laughs> it takes time to achieve liftoff. In addition to saddling the story with a mostly unnecessary framing device, which underlines the already obvious echoes of the Twilight Zone, director Andrew Patterson and the film's writers open the 1950s New Mexico set story with a handful of overly precious exchanges featuring the two main characters, Chatty DJ Everett and young switchboard operator Faye McCormick. This doesn't seem like a positive review. <laughs> no. They really think that this, this is a bad, you know, it's a bad year when they're criticizing one of the b- right. top 30 movies of the year. <laughs> okay, next one Tesla. Had you, had you heard about this one? Uh uh-uh. uh. Jim Gaffigan is in it, being Weird. a serious actor. I can't picture that at all. Okay, here's the description. Ice cream, roller skates, and... Actually, this is not the description. This is why it's great. Ice cream, roller skates, and karaoke might not be the first thing that comes to mind when one considers the life of inventor Nikola Tesla, but Michael (laughs) Almeride's uncompromisingly idiosyncratic biopic doesn't exactly stick to to the expected story beats. Played with both vigor and weariness by Ethan Hawke, this Tesla is often chasing funding for his next experiment with the movie shows an uncommon interest in the intrinsic and how history is often underwritten by the whims of men carrying large checkbooks. That sounds so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Tesla just going to get funding. <laughs> I want to watch that. I want to watch that so bad. It's funny because when you said Tesla, I like didn't even think of the dude. I was like, a movie about cars? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Tesla. Tesla. I go to drive a Tesla. <laughs> this is Nikola Tesla. Te- Tesla. What what ethnicity? Where was Tesla Nikola Tesla from? I don't know. What the country? Nikola Tesla. He was American? Oh. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. <laughs> oh, he was Serbian American. Okay. Serbian. That's cool. He was a electrical engineer, mechanical engineer, and futurist. That's cool. I want to be known as a futurist. Wasn't I think you like, have to invent stuff, though. A bad person, though? I don't know. I guess we might have to watch the movie mm. to find out. Yeah. 
What what makes you think he was a bad person? I don't know. I just feel like anyone who ever did anything amazing was a bad person. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, bad boys for life. Yep. Bad rich boys. But uh, this one, th- I didn't know this had Vanessa Hudgens in it. Kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm not going to read this description because I'm sure it would be really boring. Uh, next one, Palm Springs. Had you heard about this? Nope. Okay. Um, I think it's like, if I'm thinking of the right thing, it's like a, uh, uh, what's the movie with the, the day that is always the same and groundhog day. Yes. It's like a groundhog's day type of plot. Like the dude is reliving the day over and over again, but he's in Palm Springs, California, uh, Florida, Florida. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it was at Sundance. It did well at Sundance. It's got uh, Andy Samberg in it. Mm. So, uh, it. <laughs> and uh, the the girl that was the mother in uh, How I Met Your Mother, mm, Tracy. Yeah, I guess her name is Kristen Milioti oh. and J.K. Simmons. Oh, hmm. interesting. All right, next Miss Juneteenth. I have not heard of this movie. No, I haven't either. It looks intense, uh, like very dramatic. It, the name is very dramatic. Yeah. Okay, The Way Back. You heard of this? Mm-mm. Wow, you, did you never see any movie trailer in the last year? <laughs> None of these movies are like big movies. Are from you following last along year. with my article? No, I'm looking. It at... might help you to look at the like picture. Like this is uh, a picture of Ben Affleck. Like with his hands on the shoulder of a basketball player, Mm-mm. that helped me remember what movie it was. No, and I'm looking at the IMDb like top movie list from 2020, and none of these are on that. So oh, IMDb, schmiMDb. Yeah. I'm looking at Thrillist.com, uh-huh. the definitive source <laughs> of best movies. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I googled one thing and then picked one result. That's Sue me, love it. <laughs> I just have bones to pick with this list, but I'll do that after you're done. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm not going to do all of them because we've only done like seven. (laughs) So I'll do this one and then skip like 14. (laughs) This is a sad Ben Affleck movie where he's like a really bad basketball coach who's a drunk. (laughs) My mom watched it and gave me the cliff notes on on an airplane. Okay. (laughs) Um, Some more dramatic shows. This one is like about a metal drummer. Uh, what, what band was he in? It doesn't say anyway. Wow. I didn't hear of any of these movies. Maybe these are like indie good movies, you know? I heard of one. What's the one I was heard of? What was the one that I had heard of? <laughs> I can't talk either. I don't know. Okay. But, well, uh, this one has, um, Nicolas Cage in it. Color Out of Space. I feel like I saw a trailer for this. Color Out of Space. Nicolas Cage is such a versatile actor, but not really a good actor. Oh, yes. I do remember. It's like a really, it's like a psychedelic adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's story huh. by the same title. I did see a trailer for this. I'm, I'm beginning to learn that this list is like, like the, artsy movies yeah. and not necessarily like best-selling box office movies. Yeah. But I kind of appreciate that because I kind of appreciate artsy movies rather than like, this is the latest Star Wars movie that made $70 billion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tenet's on this list though. Yep, that's one. That's Tell on me there. about Tenet. Tell me about that one time you went to Tenet and you won't shut up about it. Tenet is my favorite movie of 2020. Uh. It was like probably the only movie I saw in theaters in 2020. No, it wasn't. Okay. Mm, this is hard. So I'm going to start from the top of my bone picking, if that's okay. Are we done with the indie list? Let me just make sure there's nothing else I want to talk about. Please pause. Can you hear the crickets outside? Because I can. Yes, that's the end of my list. Okay. Um, so on the imdb feature film released between 2020 january 1st and 2020 december 31st sorted by popularity ascending list who tenant is number three so 
Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb score wise, Tenet was the third best rated movie of 2020. Um, and are, I love are these movies that only came out like major releases in theaters. Yes, feature films. So if they released on streaming services, well, do they count. There are streaming service ones on here, so I'm not sure how that works. I don't know what the qualification for a feature film is. And what if it came out like on like some like what if it came out on like Showtime? I think that would be part of it because there's some here that are Netflix that only or like Criterion. What's Criterion? It's a lesser known streaming service. I mean, this list has nine thousand nine hundred and thirty movies. So okay. if that's not everything that happened in 2020, I don't know what would be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, Tenet is number three. I like Tenet a lot. It has a 69 nice meta score. Um, so that's decently high. Um, I get that it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's like that like mind-bending, Inception-y type movie. Um, I never saw it. You didn't see Tenet? No. Really? No. I've been scared mm. to tell you because you talk about it all That's the time. Okay. We can watch it sometimes. It'll be better to watch at home, actually, than in a theater. Because just the way it was mixed, watching it in the theater is like... Because I think it's Christopher Nolan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got his like stereotypical like... Be and then they're like... <laughs> like helicopters exploding. Yeah. And the most important scenes are like overwritten by the sound effects. And I'm like, who let this come? Because... I honestly like missed so much watching it in a theater and I watched it at home again with subtitles and I was like, I understand the plot now. <laughs> like, so watching it at home when you can like EQ it or like have subtitles way better, but it's a good movie. It's, it's not like an amazing movie, but for being the like big blockbuster release of 2020, it was good. Um, Quiet Place Part 2 came out in 2020. Oh yeah. That's a good movie. I did see that. Um, Green Knight came out in 2020. I saw that too. Although I saw that in 2021. Mm. Um, that probably came out in like December of 2020 think, then. Yeah, I think so. Um, or it might just be like, it might've came out earlier in a different country. Cause I'm pretty sure it just came out in 2021 here, but they probably did the thing where they released it. Cause you know, the movie Dune, it doesn't come out till next month, but it's already been out for like three weeks everywhere but the U S really so i don't get that um wonder woman 2 came out in 2020 wasn't a huge fan is that the 1970 whatever 1984 yeah um extraction came out i don't know if you saw that one it's the one with chris hemsworth on netflix what, what is chris movie. hemsworth doing so it's like uh he's like a mercenary and he gets hired to rescue like this drug lord's son who gets kidnapped by like a rival drug lord. That doesn't sound like something I'd watch. It's a good movie. It's like mostly an action movie, but then there's like some more like story character developing moments or whatever. And it's good. Like it's kind of a heartfelt ending, but also like a sad ending. So, um, but I liked it. It was good um, for a Netflix movie for sure. The Courier, I don't know if you saw that one, but I really like that movie a lot. I, I saw that in theaters when it first came out. It's got uh, Benedict Cumberpatch in it. Cumber, <laughs> I can't say it. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I always just call him Brenda Dirk Crumbersnatch because I can never remember his name. <laughs> so it's got it's a... It's just too British. Brenda Dirk Crumbersnatch. And um, uh. it's a story about how he's this like salesperson and it's during the Cold War and he like has this chance interaction with this Russian who's like trying to defect. And so because he's had this like chance like business meeting, the UK government like enlists him to kind of help them ferry information since he's already kind of traveling to meet this Russian hmm. in Russia. And so it's this really good like it's kind of a thriller it's like based on a true story and it's this like kind of thriller kind of history drama documentary type movie um and it's like the whole way through it's fun and then spoiler alert for the courier here what? but like at it, he ends up like getting caught at the very end of the movie and so it goes from this like kind of like spy like intense movie to like he goes to prison and is in prison for like years while they try to like sort him out and he like 
loses all this weight and like his family like thinks he's dead and like it's this super intense thing and it was kind of like it was kind of intense like the way it ends he just like comes out of prison after being gone for years like his family like the government finally gets him out of russia they like trade a spy for him or something he finally gets to go home and the russian who he'd been working with had gotten caught at the same time and so he was still in prison and so he's leaving prison and he gets to see the russian guy like one more time and the russian dude doesn't know like if his information has helped like stop the war or whatever and so the uk the british guy says like hey what you did and what you gave us like was the difference between like tons of people dying and like nothing happening and so then this like the russian dude's like touched and he's like crying or whatever but then he just goes and stays in jail until he dies like that's how the movie ends so it's like kind of because it's based on a true story and so it's kind of like a depressing ending of like uh, oh (laughs) but it's a it's a good movie it's a great story and it's a Mm. It's a, just a fun, like, not fun, but, like, a an interesting take. Because there's not a lot of stuff that was made, like, on the Cold War that's, like, based on a true story, you know? Because not a lot of stuff happened that we know about in the Cold War that's interesting. Right. So I think that was a really good movie. Um, let's see if there's anything else on this list. Then after that, at that point, it kind of goes downhill. Um, that DC movie, like, on Harley Quinn came out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that that was real. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was like a meme. There's that movie about hunting people that came out. Hunting people? Yeah, you remember that one? There were trailers for it all over YouTube. It's just like one of those like low budget horror movies where like people wake up and rich people like oh bought yeah. them to put them in a field and hunt them. Yeah, I but got... I didn't understand how it could be like a an hour and a half long yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> It got a 50 Rotten Tomato score, so not great. I've seen worse. Mm. Soul came out. Soul was a good movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked Soul. It was a different premise than I thought it would be, but it was still good. Yeah, it was definitely like a little more real. Yeah. Made you, made you think a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like if I was going to show a child... All the Disney movies, that would probably be one of the last ones I would show them as they grow up. Nemo. (laughs) Right. Start with Nemo. Maybe not even start with Nemo because the first few moments of finding Nemo are a little scary. I would maybe start with, I don't know what I would start with. I feel like a lot of old Disney movies are like that though. There's always like the one parent dies. Like Bambi was like that. Nemo was like that. Like that's just kind of how old Disney movies were. Did you say old Disney movies? Or old Pixar movies or whatever. Yeah. Finding Nemo is like, what, 20 years old? Yeah, but like older because they don't do that anymore. But that's how it was. Like Cinderella, like there was always the trauma, like the first act trauma. And they don't do that so much anymore in the like newer Disney Pixar movies. I guess. Yeah. But like I'm thinking of The Good Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened there. Uh, Brave. I guess we could start with Brave. Brave, Brave is a has good like one to start with. Spirits, though, doesn't it? Oh, spooky. <laughs> I'm probably not going to like raise this child. <laughs> this whichever whoever's just like giving me the child and saying <laughs> do nothing but show them Disney movies. <laughs> if they say we, you also can't show them, teach them about spirits. Yeah, I'd say we probably shouldn't watch Disney movies right. then. <laughs> I think the best thing to start a kid with would be the For the Bird short. Like the Pixar show, uh, the yeah. stork. And the the telephone wire. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some conflict there. There's some teaching moments. But overall, it's very innocent. <laughs> yeah. Probably all the shorts would be good. Uh, dude, some of those almost make me cry. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, those are good, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie Onward came out in 2020. Oh, I like Onward. Good movie. O- yeah. Speaking of things that make you cry. Yeah, no joke. Onward makes me cry. Oh my gosh. Makes also makes me think that I should call my brother more often. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he should just listen to this podcast, Jaden. Uh, he's so busy. <laughs> Podcasts don't take a lot of like investment. You can kind of do other stuff while I you was listen. joking because he has a lot, like he has, he has time. <laughs> he just doesn't. <laughs> Amazing. Um uh, let's see. Trolls World Tour. 
I saw that. You saw did? saw that on a plane. Why? I was bored on a plane. <laughs> I was like, I like music, so maybe I'll like this. Did you? Uh, it's definitely not the worst kids movie I've seen. Wow. Like, I did see 17 Minutes of Boss Baby, mm-hmm. and it was a lot better than that. Yeah, that's awful. Um, Call of the Wild. That's the one with Harrison Ford and the dog. Is that the dog that stands by the fountain every day? No, that's... Uh, I don't know what that one's called, but that's an old movie. Call of the Wild is the one where they're like in British Columbia and they're like Harrison Ford and a dog and they're like in a canoe and they're like shooting a bear. And I don't like movies where an animal is a protagonist. Yeah, a, me a, neither. An, a, a real life movie, yeah. like a live action yeah. movie. Like uh, Old Yeller or whatever. Uh, or like ben, Benji. Yeah. Or or the do- the movie where the dog sits by the fountain every day. What is that movie called? I, I don't know. know, but you know what I'm talking like about. Juno or like Roku or something like that. <laughs> Some <laughs> streaming service. Some technology. <laughs> Some like weird sounding one word name. Yeah. Um, we're at like 150 now on this list. I don't see anything else that like I recognize. So that must have been it. But there were more than I thought. Like there were a decent amount of decent movies in. 2020 so yeah it wasn't the uh, well it was maybe the worst year in a while yeah but it wasn't but that said it was still okay yeah and we've got a lot more good movies coming out here pretty quick so i'm excited for that pretty soon we're gonna have to do a recap on 2021 movies yeah we're doing this recap a little late (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i didn't want to do a 2021 recap because so many movies come out in december like november and december we'll have to do that in january yeah yeah sweet well 2020 recapped done we also probably need to go and see some more movies in we 2021 should. if we're going to do that recap i still haven't canceled my movie clubs so really I, a lot of tickets stacked up. <laughs> I thought you did no i was going to but then i didn't know if the tickets like went away when you canceled so i was gonna wait till i used all the tickets and mm-hmm. now they've piled up even farther <laughs> well great we can go see we can see dune yeah soon i'm excited soon for dune you know this will be the last thing i'll say and then we can end or whatever but apparently dune is a first part of like a trilogy and no one knew until they watched it like this movie this movie is the first of like a series of movies like like the like what they did with like hunger games where the last movie is in two parts that is that more like kind of the lord of the rings but instead of because i think so the director's goal was to have like a trilogy shoot them all at first and then release them like once a year like they did with lord of the rings so it'd uh-huh. be like 2021 2022 2023 but the studio only greenlit the first movie until they saw how box office was so they've got this movie that's the first of a trilogy but they haven't even started shooting or like producing the second two or even like have them greenlit yet so it's possible if they don't do well they just cancel it and then you don't ever get to see the rest of the story but there's six books in the mm-hmm. series so how are they gonna they're gonna put Two books in one movie? I don't know if it's the whole thing, like if it follows uh, the whole storyline, but that was his goal for this first section was to do a trilogy. So it just frustrates me that like if it's an amazing movie and it doesn't get greenlit, it's still going to be, you know, three or four years at least until we see the next movie in the series. When you think about it, the Lord of the Rings thing was pretty amazing that they mm-hmm. just made three full movies uh-huh. without really even knowing if people would like them. Totally. And then, like, had them be high budget and kind of kept them under wraps for a lot of that filming, too. You know, because yeah. the filming was over, like, 18 months or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm. Pretty yeah, crazy. crazy. Man, movies are great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movies are great. I'd like to watch a movie right now, but I have to work tomorrow. Yeah, it's a little late for that. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but you, listener, might maybe you don't have to work tomorrow. Maybe you're listening to this on a non-school night. I hope so. Thank you for listening to I Heard It on a Podcast. We've got new episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays or uh, yeah, actually just those two days. Maybe those are not school nights for you. Um, if You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. If you like, uh, what did we talk about? Building new cities out of the middle of nowhere or the stock market or movies. Send the podcast to a movie lover or a brand new city lover. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> As always, you can reach us at I heard it on a podcast at gmail.com. Now that we're done, I'm just going to 
just gobble up those Reese's Puffs. Quick, turn the episode off. Cut the, cut the music. Cut it. Well, goodbye.